Welcome to the Voices of Aging podcast, where you learn more about aging through experts. We are the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group, or ASIC, a student-led collaborative organization for the study of aging at the University of Minnesota. Every episode, we feature guests working in different aging-related areas, and they share their experiences and wisdom. We release two episodes every month, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in to learn more about aging every time you hit play. This is Madeline with the Voices of Aging podcast. Today, our guest is Dr. Ling Li. Dr. Lee is a professor and associate department head in the Department of Experimental and Clinical Pharmacology at the University of Minnesota. Dr. Lee's lab focuses on the connections between Alzheimer's disease and cardiovascular and cerebrovascular disease. Hi, Dr. Lee. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you very much, uh, Madeline, for the invitation. And as you already introduced, and I heard my um, positions, but I also want to tell you that I'm also holding the position called the VFW in down chair in pharmacotherapy for the elderly in the College of Pharmacy. So also, I have joint faculty appointments in the neuroscience and pharmacology graduate programs in the medical school at the University of Minnesota. Wow, that is really impressive. Thank you so much for adding that. And this episode is for Careers in Aging Week. And I think our listeners would appreciate hearing a little bit more about um, how you got started in this field and what your background is like. All right. Yes. You know, so here's, a, I guess, a very brief sketch of my background and career path. So as you probably already can tell, I am originally from China and came to the U.S. about 30 years ago for graduate education in biomedical sciences. So then I um, received my Ph.D. degree in molecular, cellular and developmental biology from Iowa State University in 1995 long time ago. So then I did my first part of my postdoctoral research at the Rockefeller University in New York City, uh, focusing on lipoprotein, cholesterol metabolism, and atherosclerosis. So, you know, atherosclerosis, that's what leads to um, cardiovascular disease. So then I continued my postdoctoral training in neurobiology of Alzheimer's disease at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, also you know, often known as UAB. So then I took a tenure track assistant professor position in the Department of Medicine in the Division of Geriatric Medicine at UAB Medical School in 2000. And then was later promoted to associate professor with tenure there. And in 2010, I was honored to be recruited to the College of Pharmacy here uh, as a professor and the VFW in down chair in pharmacotherapy for the elderly. So I have very much enjoyed my time in, in Minnesota since then. Wonderful. Thank you so much for um, sharing a little bit about your path and um, your progression to this point in your career. Um, so I know I gave you kind of a very brief introduction about your, your current work. Um, could you talk a little bit more about what your current projects are or what your current endeavors are? 
Absolutely. Yeah, as you already mentioned, the research in my lab indeed focused on the connection, connections between Alzheimer's disease and cardiovascular disease and cerebrovascular disease. In particular, we focus on the role of cholesterol, lipoproteins-related pathways in the pathogenesis of Alzheimer's disease and their therapeutic implications. So for example, one of our NIH-funded projects actually investigates the potential of HDL. I think you all heard like so-called the good cholesterol and its mimetic molecules to prevent and treat Alzheimer's disease. So another exciting line of research as recently uh, in collaboration with other investigators, we're also studying the impact of COVID-19 and its interactions with lipid-related genes on cognitive function and the neuropathology in aging and Alzheimer's disease. Wow, and I'm sure a lot of that is incredibly complex. And if you were to kind of briefly summarize maybe some of your more recent findings, um, what is a potential connection between lipid disease and Alzheimer's? Absolutely. I would say the strongest connection is APOE. So also, you know, it's a short name for apolipoprotein E. So APOE is a cholesterol lipid transport protein, and it has been known to play an important role in cholesterol and lipid metabolism and in the development of atherosclerosis. And as I said, that leads to cardiovascular disease. And then in the early 90s, genetic studies found that a specific form of APOE gene um, is associated with the increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. So in humans, uh, we have three different alleles for APOE gene. It's called the APOE2, APOE3, and the APOE4, with the APOE3 as the most common allele. So it turns out that the APOE4 carriers, you know, people who have the APOE4 allele, are more susceptible to Alzheimer's disease. And on the other hand, APOE2 carriers are protected from Alzheimer's disease. And the most common form, the APOE3, is neutral. So since then, many studies have confirmed that APOE4 as the strongest genetic risk factor for Alzheimer's disease, especially for the late onset uh, sporadic Alzheimer's disease. So even though to this day, we still don't fully understand like the, how APOE4 increases the risk of Alzheimer's disease, but basic research has provided significant insights into the role of APOE in brain function and also in the pathogenic process of Alzheimer's disease. So APOE not only regulates, I mentioned it's an important protein in cholesterol lipid transport, but it's not only regulates cholesterol lipid metabolism, it also has many other functions, uh, for example, immune modulation and neuron synaptic plasticity and signal transduction and even protein homeostasis. So one of our research goals is actually to make APOE4 function more like APOE2 and APOE3 through either genetic or pharmacological approaches so that the risk of Alzheimer's disease will be reduced. That is so exciting and really fascinating to hear about. Um, and 
kind of as I mentioned, this is careers in aging week, and we got to hear about your background. What was it specifically about aging Alzheimer's disease that was appealing to you? Yes, so certainly love to share that. You know, I would say my interest in aging and age-related disease really started in graduate school. You know, while I was working on my PhD dissertation project, and my project was aimed to lower plasma cholesterol levels by modulating intestinal microflora. That's what we called back then, but now fancy names, right? Microbiota or microbiome. So basically, the aim was to reduce the risk of atherosclerosis and thus cardiovascular disease. So as you know, our cholesterol level elevates as we get older, and then the risk of cardiovascular disease increases with age. Right. So then, during my postdoc, I also got interested in Alzheimer's disease because of what I just told you about the connections between ApoE cholesterol, lipids, and Alzheimer's disease. And on top of all of these, you know, age is actually the biggest risk factor for Alzheimer's disease. So since you know I established my own lab, we just decided we、we'll, we have been you know studying both. Cardiovascular disease and cerebrovascular disease and Alzheimer's disease all together. So making the best use of all the knowledges I have acquired over the years. You know what we hope to do? We hope to learn all the successful lessons in preventing and managing cardiovascular disease, and apply them to Alzheimer's disease. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to prevent and treat Alzheimer's disease because we. Believe, whatever is good for the heart is also good for the brain or for the mind. I love that, and it's such important work considering how much more prevalent、um, Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia are becoming as our population continues to grow older. So I'm I'm glad that you're you're working on that for sure. Many of our listeners are undergraduate and graduate students、um, hoping to enter a career in aging. Do you have any advice for these kinds of students if they want to enter perhaps a career in research or specifically a career researching some capacity of aging? Yeah, happy to offer. You know, I would、uh, suggest take any opportunities you can get. And then just try to develop necessary research and critical thinking skills. And then after you have this, use your talents and use your skills to promote healthy aging and slow down pathological aging. And as you mentioned, our entire society is aging very fast. You know, we need really need young talents like you, you know, to better understand the aging process. So that we not only have long lifespan, but more importantly, we also have long health span. Wonderful, thank you. I think that's really wonderful advice. I think it would also be helpful to hear specifically about the work that you do.、Uh, what do you find to be the most rewarding, and what might be the most challenging? Good question. You know, I would say my top, my most rewarding part of my job. Is really when I see my students and trainees succeed, and grow personally and professionally. Yeah, that's absolutely my most rewarding part. So in terms of research, I would say the most rewarding part is when our findings 
like help better understand the disease process, and then we you know discover or identify some therapeutics that can potentially improve people's health or cure disease. So that is um, you know like when we get so excited about that contribution. And in terms of challenges, I would say the most probably the challenging part of our research and many others also is to translate. You know, is translate the basic research findings in cellular and animal models in the lab and to the clinic in humans. Or as often said, you know, from bench side to bedside. So as you know, there are so many promising therapeutics that work extremely well, very successfully in animal models, but they fail in human clinical trials. So I feel, you know, we really do need to develop more translatable disease models. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I did some kind of bench style research when I was an undergraduate student, and that was always the issue that would come up. So I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Lastly, uh, just as we wrap up here, some of our listeners might be students at the University of Minnesota. Are there any opportunities or places that you suggest that they look um, if they're interested in learning about this topic further? All right. Well, there are really plenty of opportunities at the U for aging or age-related research. You know, different schools, colleges, not only like medical school and college pharmacy. Right? There are other schools and other colleges like nursing, public health, vet med, and even engineering. You know, they all have professors, researchers conducting uh, agent studies. There are also multiple centers and, and institutes at the U, uh, including the one uh, you are actually uh, or this program, the podcast is sponsored by CHAI, which is, uh, stands for the Center for Healthy Aging and Innovation, and others like Grossman Center and IBAM. You know, the cool name is Institute on the Biology of Aging and Metabolism. And so they are focusing on different aspects of aging and age-related diseases, including like social science, clinical, basic, and translational research. You know, all of those are covered by different entities or different um, centers and laboratories uh, in there. So we also have like various NIH-supported training programs to train the next generation of researchers you know, to study either normal aging process or age-related diseases. So I, I would say there are really lots of opportunities for aging studies at the U, and I would suggest to just go look up the websites and reach out to the programs or to individual um, members like myself. Uh, you know, we are more than happy to hear from you. You know, like I said, we really need the great next generation of uh, scientists who will be conducting uh, aging studies. Thank you so much, Dr. Lee. This has been a wonderfully fascinating conversation. I really appreciated this opportunity and uh, wish you all the best. And like I said, I will hope to hear more from the students and then trainees in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. 
This podcast is brought to you by ASIC, the Aging Studies Interdisciplinary Group at the University of Minnesota. Follow Voices of Aging and ASIC on social media for more information about the episodes and guests from the podcast and to learn more about us as a student group. See you next time.